Good morning, everybody. And it is morning because we're slightly early today. Picking up Harminder, and there he is. Hello. Hello. Welcome. Long, long time no see. Long time no see. <laughs> long time no chat. We just uh, we recorded a show, uh, episode 31, because we yes. lost it last week. Uh, the recording got corrupted, so we just quickly redid that. So we're spending the whole morning uh, chatting together about digital marketing. Yeah, and then as soon as we jump off the call, we're talking about the business, clients, so and so forth. So me and Carl spend all day together, typically. Mm -hmm. So yeah, this is fun. Um, which what's interesting is we do, we we don't see each other. We'll just be talking remotely, what via Slack or WhatsApp channel, and yeah, so it's quite cool. Then second note is it's Monday with the start of a new week, and if you see me wear a cap later in the week, it's because. No hairdressers are still open, no barbers are still open, and the hair is becoming a bit silly now. So it's even weighing me down. So that's, the, it, I may be defaulting to a cap as of Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday this week. But it being the start of a week, a Monday, it means there's a brand new topic, a, bad, a brand new pathway, a brand new piece of online business, digital marketing, or, or something in between that we're decoding for you, whether it's a tool, a technique, whether it's a end-to-end -end business that we're starting. And if you've been following us along on the BBO show, you'll see that we start to deep dive many areas. And every so often, we start to talk about the Baton system as well. Go check in some of those shows to see what, what that is all about. Essentially, so far, we've covered business, how to start your business from an idea to whether, whether you have an idea or not, how do you start a business, an economically viable business, and produce something of value that the market requires. We've also done the next stage of Baton, which we've shared with you, which is the audience building week. How do you actually build an audience based on these four core fundamental pillars, um, which which build, which with, without those in the foundation, there's no audience. So that's an incredibly powerful week as well. We've covered things from how to create your ebook from start to finish, including what your ebook should be about. So even if you have no idea what your ebook is about, that week will help you discover that. Plus 200, which is now 300 different ways to generate income online, just using your laptop and a Wi-Fi connection. And so we've, come, we've been covering a lot. But this week, what are we covering, Carl? So this week we are covering, I'm not going to call it a pet peeve, but something that a lot of people come to us for and we have to explain actually what you're asking for you don't really need you need something else um so yeah no not a pet peeve that's not fair but a a common misconception in digital marketing and online business that a lot of pe people a lot of businesses when they approach us as consultants as uh, people who run a digital agency they come to us um and we need to re-educate them and show them a more modern way uh, to solve the problem and that problem that we're solving is this com it is a common misconception and Again, we appreciate, we understand why, and probably the core mechanism, core mechanism or reason why is because maybe nobody's explaining it to them. Because for an agency or a, you know, say for example, a client came to us and they said, and and just to highlight what we're talking about here, it is websites versus a landing page. And specifically at the start of this, we're going to be talking about whether or not you need a website, whether or not a website is required. Period. What's the purpose of a website? What's the disadvantage of a website? So if you put yourself, you know, potentially the reason this is occurring is if you put yourself in a client's shoes and there's an agency here, 
the client walks up to the agency and say, I need a, I need a new or refreshed website, or we've got a startup and we need to get a website together. And yet maybe this website is two grand, five grand, 10 grand, 20 grand, 30 grand, whatever. The price is irrelevant here, but the fact is that the agency, it's a lot easier for the agency to say, yes, we will build that 10,000 pound website for you. Of course it is. Whereas mine and Carl's approach is slightly different. Yes, of course, it'd be nice to say yes to a £10,000 website build, but we want to ask them important questions about the website first, which we will help you as a business owner discover at the start of this show, which then leads later into the show in refocusing your energy on maybe another area. Now, we're not saying a website may not be for you, a website may be for you, but by going through today's show, you'll have a more clarity and a better understanding on what a website is, how, how what what it, what its role is as part of modern online business and modern internet business and um, that kind of consideration versus what we maybe suggest as an alternative if you fall outside of the requirement of actually needing a website. So that's very much the focus of today and this week. And when we go into the week, it will make sense on why there's a whole week talking about websites versus landing pages because we'll be focusing on one of those more than the other. But before we can get there, we need to talk about websites in more detail. So people typically come to us and say, I need a website. That's typically the first thing we get. And we're when... very annoying. We say, do you? Uh, which, <laughs> which most agencies do not say. Yeah. Uh, because we, we we basically ask the client, we ask the business, like, what's the web page for? What is this website for? Because nobody actually starts from this point. They nobody actually reflects whether they really need a website um so we ask them that question and we hope that you as a business owner can also ask yourself this question moving forward as well uh, it's just something that is done it's like a all my competitors have a website or all businesses have a website therefore i need a website which is fine um but we need to take a step back and ask what is the purpose why do you need a website because people don't think about this that's a really good question. So let's let's take a step back as never mind the client. Let's take a step back as you, the business owner, yep. um, and us as even digital marketers or with an agency, taking a step back and asking that powerful question: What is the actual purpose of a website? Because it's changed over time. So number one is: Look, if it's just to serve the purpose of an online business card, i.e., this is who I am this is how to contact me, this is what I do. And then that's okay. You know, if it's a if it's a, a placeholder to say, this is who I am, this is what I do, this is what I'm about, great, that makes sense. If it's to be put into place because actually your customers and, and look, being in business, you'll know this better than we will. Of course, we can go on the research journey to help you answer this question. But do you need a website to show your customers that you're real, that you're transactional, that you've been around for a while, that you are an authority. Essentially, are you a real company? Then if you fall into those two categories, then a website is totally useful. Yeah, go, go ahead. Uh, a word of warning would be just though, just understand that, just put some limitations on what that website, if that's the purpose, then build the requirements for that website around that purpose. So that would be my caveat there. So Carl, what's what's an, an alternative purpose? And this is probably where people get it wrong. Sure. The alternative purpose is using a website to make sales, to drive 
business. Um, if you want to make sales, then a website is not the way to go. Uh, as Harmindo said, websites are perfectly great for showing that you are a legitimate business, you're a real business. It is not a good tool for making sales. Um, and so as a result of this, if you are out there and you just need a website to show that you you exist, um, so people can look you up, they can see that you're a real business, fine, absolutely great. This week, it'll still be useful for you because we're going to show you an alternative, um, but it won't be as useful to you as for the people who want to use their website to build their business, to make sales. That's what we're going to be focusing on this week. Mm, absolutely. So if you if you are listening to this and you do need a website for purpose number one, i.e. you need to tell customers you exist, hit me and Kyle up in the Slack group, let us know what you need and we'll let you know how much that website will cost to build. Okay, that bit's done. Number two is now, if you are focusing on the requirement of having a website in order to create sales, then that this is the focus of this week. This is where we'll be veering towards. Now, I've got an old diagram from a previous week. If we look at the baton system, now the baton system is principle-based. We've got business, audience, tribe, offer, network. And often you'll hear me and Kyle say that the tools and techniques are less important compared to the actual understanding of the business, what value it provides, uh, who the market is, is the market verified, is there a demand for what you're selling, is there a value ladder in order to introduce your customers to your core products, Are you do you have a mechanism, mechanism to build an audience. Now, when we talk about tools and techniques, now a website and a landing page, which we'll discover soon, is a tool and technique. So that's not going to be the be-all and end-all of your particular business. But if we was, for those who have uh, joined us on previous workshops or courses or read some of the books or the articles online, if you want to know roughly where a website slash landing page or where your focus will be in terms of making a sale online, that's the focus here, that will be a tool and techniques that sits under the offer section. Okay, so that's just a, a bit of reference for those who followed along and actually understand the battle model. And you're thinking, okay, so where does this sit in the battle model? And then that helps me identify if I've got a gap or not. Um, so that's just a word of noting. Importantly, that's much later than most business owners think. Most business owners start their online presence with a website. We're saying, no, 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 no. Is a very uh, assumption. Mm, okay, Carl, you froze there. Just want to repeat what you just said there. So you just froze for the audience. So just repeat. So you, what we're saying is some often people start with the website. Regardless of anything else, I've got a business, I need a website. But we're saying no. People assume that it's the one of the first things they need when they are starting to build their business online. We're saying it's not. It's one of the later things you need. It comes much further down the value chain, much further down the battle on the system. It appears in offer rather than early on in audience, which tends to be where people try to put their website. Mm, absolutely. So now narrowing back on to the topic of having a website for the purpose of sales, we can ask the question, why is a website not enough here? Why is a website not good enough? Because essentially, like I've just described, a website is a tool and it's needed much later than business owners think. So we've already described that we've, we've explained where that sits as part of the battle model, but let's hone in on two reasons why it's not good enough. Carl, if you kick off with the first, then I can maybe discuss the second. Sure. So the first one we're going to put under the general term of traffic. Basically, just putting a website online 
is not enough to get you noticed. It's not enough to bring new people to you. Yes, people who already know your name, people who have your business card, people who have your marketing collateral, they can get to your website because they've seen the website address. It is not enough to get new people, um, which is what you need if you need to increase your sales. Um, you do not have visibility. The only way to get visibility and to not be totally invisible online is to do something like SEO, uh, search engine optimization. Uh, I'm not going to dive into it too much, but it's about how you get to the top of Google for your particular business niche. It's hard work. Um, it's definitely doable, but it requires time, it requires effort, and it sometimes requires money, depending on who's producing uh, the content. There are over half a million new websites put online a day. I found a, the most recent figure I looked at yesterday was about 547,000 new websites every single day. This is the main reason why websites are invisible when you just upload them. Unless you put in some work, some legwork to make that site visible, it's just going to get buried under those half a million new websites that are published every single day. There's no reason why your website's going to be any different to any of the others. So, yep, we can absolutely fix this. We can fix visibility by doing SEO or simply buying traffic. Um, we can spend money on advertisements to get people to our website. So traffic is a big reason why we can't make sales, but it is fixable. There is a bigger problem, which Hans is going to talk about now. Absolutely. So the bigger conversion on why a website is good, not good enough for sales is conversion. So conversion is one of those words that I've described within the digital marketing framework, within marketing. But essentially what it means is how many people who actually land on your website actually buy something? Uh, how, much, how many of them actually convert into a paying customer? And conversions can happen in different areas, i.e. how many people leave their email address on your website? How many people subscribe to your newsletter? How many people join your Slack group? How many people um, actually go ahead and purchase your product or your ebook or whatever you're selling on your particular website? So the concept here is even if people get to your website, they don't necessarily buy. And this is well-documented, well-evidenced now. So we'll be sharing with you the best mechanism in order to help people buy and that magic phrase increase conversions and this is something businesses love to hear so that is the concept of a conversion it's how many people actually come to your website to buy so let's let's put some numbers really simple numbers behind this on the notes for every 100 people who visit your site how many people buy so let's say 100 visit the site and one person makes a purchase what does this mean in terms of a conversion figure? Well, this means only 1% converted. And that's just the purpose of this is just to give you some numbers as an exercise. Um, whether that's low, high, it's, it's irrelevant because if that 1% is worth £100,000, then it's, then it's, hey, yeah, that works, right? So the way to think about solid conversion is, is, once we identify we have a solid conversion, then we can now loop back on the first section and actually start to buy traffic. So I'm going to hand over to Carl because this is one of your areas of expertise, Carl. What do we mean when we talk about buying traffic? Sure. So we talked about there are two main reasons why a website is not a particularly good way to make sales. The first one is traffic. how, And the second one is conversion rate. If you know your conversion rate is good, then you can reinvest money into buying traffic. Traffic becomes a non-problem because you just throw money at the problem. However, the biggest problem here is conversion rate because most people do not know their conversion rate. Mm. If 100 people land on your website, how many people are buying? You probably don't know. Um, and most businesses do not. 
They have no idea what the conversion rate is. Therefore, they don't know if they should be spending money buying traffic. They don't know what they should be doing because they just there's no visibility. Now, it tends to be that on a website, um, so a traditional website, conversion rates are extremely low. They'll be 0.00 something percent. Um, so you might have a thousand people, you might have 10,000 people, and maybe only one person will make a purchase. Extremely low. Um, and that's why we're going to move away from that more traditional model of a website and focus on something a bit more modern. Um, so conversion rate is the main problem why websites do not work for sales. Okay, absolutely. Okay, so thanks for answering that question. So the next question is, so why do websites not convert? So you've explained that the conversion rates are low, traffic is hard to get, especially if it's a brand new website. There's a lot of work involved, i.e. SEO or buying traffic. And if we buy traffic, is it worth it? Well, actually, no, because the website conversion is ex typically extremely low. Yeah. So the question is, why is that the case? And we'll expand on this in a moment, but the simple sentence is there's no clear pathway to the goal that you want to achieve. And if you put this into the customer's perspective, when they land on the website, there's no clear pathway for them to, to purchase in really simple terms. Look, we're here to make a sale. So when somebody hits your website, there's no clear pathway in order for them to make a buying decision and then go ahead and actually purchase. And in terms of a goal, that's the goal that you want them to, you want to achieve as a business. You want the person to come to the page, the website and actually make a purchase. So firstly, we need to determine the, the so now we know why um, a, a website does not convert well. There's just no pathway. I guess the alternative to that is there's too many pathways. So if you want to just a counter statement to that for it to make a bit more sense, there's just too many pathways. So the first thing we need to understand is what is the goal? Because once we know what the goal is, which is the end result, we can then define the pathway in order for somebody to get to that goal. So Carl, what is the goal when we think about a website? Sure, generally it's going to be purchasing. Um, if it's a really high-tech item, it might be contact us, contact our team, get in touch with our team. Uh, these are very sensible goals. Now, these exist on most websites. The problem is, as you say, there's too many pathways. There are too many things um, shown to a visitor when they first land on the page. If you go to most websites, you'll see you know, on the top bar or a sidebar or just on the page, you'll have blog, latest news about us, contact us, service one, service two, service three, product one, two, three, our new charity venture, uh, join our newsletter, our awards, our team, sign up, sign in. It's just like, it's too much. Um, and the problem here is that when presented with this much choice, when there are this many uh, different pathways to go along, uh, visitors do not make a choice. They will freeze up and they will leave the site. Absolutely. So just to, just to redefine that, because that's the critical part of what helps you answer the question as a business owner when working with an agency, when working with a website designer or a marketer, which is when we talk about what is the purpose of the website, we have to then define what is the goal of the website. And the goal is ideally very minimal options. So what we're saying is the goal if somebody lands on your website should either be to purchase, it should be to give you their email address. It should be maybe to do a prompt, do something is typically referred to a call to action. You want them to take action on something and it can be anything. It could be 
as simple as reading your latest article. But what we don't, all we, all we want them to do is read your latest article. So that's having a clear pathway to a set, defined, sensible goal. And, and we challenge, we get this to clients too. Is like, okay, so what's the point of your uh, your your website? And they say, oh yeah, so people contact us and they book or they make a purchase. Um, and then they'll come to us and say, oh, we really want to get more people to the blog. And we have to say, well, okay, that's fine. We can get people to the blog, but how are we going to balance that with making sales? If if we've got people coming to the site, let's say we have 100 people, what percentage of them do we want going down the sales pathway? What percentage of them do we want going down the blog pathway? And then they'll say, oh, well, actually, we want more people going down the sales pathway because that's where the revenue is. So we have to ask a hard question. It's like, well, why do you want to send people to your blog? So there is an important um, issue here is by choosing making a decision a positive decision about what it is we actually want our visitor to do we have to also make negative decisions we have to also say okay so them looking at our awards or looking at our team or reading about this charity partnership that's not as important we need to deprioritize that and that's hard for lots of businesses to do that's a very valid point yeah so what people do instead is they throw everything on their website so you can find out everything you could possibly ever want to know about the company about the business but that is overwhelming it's too much Mm. so so one approach is to start with one thing and then expand if you're if you're thinking about a website start with one then expand rather than throw everything on there so we spoke about what is the goal and one of the things you should have hopefully picked up is that we're creating sensible goals, but the goals are singular. Mm. The goal is make a purchase or the goal is contact us or the goal is click the button and join our Slack group as an example. So what we're doing is we're creating a singular goal for the person who visits our website. So Kyle, you've pulled together what's known as the, the or, or research and just pulled to the surface, which some people are aware of and some people may not, but it helps define why we are why we are encouraging you to have a singular goal and that is the jam study so maybe you want to talk into the jam study because it's a fascinating study but it's so counterintuitive and what happens during it is so evident on why we are approaching why we're we even talking about this whole t- topic this week sure so i've grabbed some of the text from the original harvard, uh, harvard business review article um, that it was published in because we've talked about the jam study a few times but yeah, i'm always yeah. making things up like <laughs> oh, there were some jams there were 1700 jams yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so um okay so i'll just read it on one day shoppers at an upscale food market saw a display table with 24 varieties of gourmet jam uh, those who sampled the spreads received a coupon for one dollar off any jam on another day shoppers saw a similar table except only six varieties of the jam were on display so 24 or six a large, the large display, 24 jams, attracted more interest than the small one. More people came to look at the jam. Wow, great jam, so many jams. But when the time came to purchase, people who saw the large display were one-tenth as likely to buy as people who saw the small display. So 90% less made a purchase because, yes, big and exciting, is it gets us there, it attracts attention. But when it comes to making a purchase decision, it scares people away. Mm, and that is fascinating because what that tells us is, is the, per, the what, what we're basically saying about the buyer's decision and the way they're making a decision is when we present them with less, the buying decision becomes a lot easier for them versus an exciting 
you know, like think about a Chinese menu. And, and, and I say this because we did this on Friday evening. We ordered a Chinese takeaway. Chinese menus conventionally have so much choice on it. You know, they've got a flavor and then they put every single meat and vegetable within that flavor. Then they do the same thing for another flavor. Then they do the same thing for another flavor. But how many, how many times do you try something different at the Chinese shop? You always go to the same two or three things that you order every time. You just get the beef and broccoli. <laughs> Yeah, or, yeah, or the default. <laughs> default for me, it's, it's veg- vegetarian Singapore noodles. It's like I don't even have to look at the menu. Now that so for me, I could quite happily look at a Chinese menu which only had those four or five things on. Simple, because that's how I'm going to make my buying decision. So that study is fascinating on how we can now move away from a busy website with lots of different pathways, which may look exciting to the customer. But when it comes to a buying decision, they need less choice. And I guess that's the core message here. And the JAM study was done back in 2000. Um, so, wow, 20 years ago. So this was uh, a seminal study back in the day. There have been many, many um, studies building upon this one since then. But this is the one that kicked it off. Basically, give too much decision to uh, a potential customer and it scares them off. They're, it's just overwhelming and they do not make a decision. Give less decision and they're more likely to go through with a purchase. Absolutely. Which leads us now on to the next part of the discussion, which is just to give some more uh, meat on the bones of this discussion, which is when we are creating a website or when we are doing something online, we need to narrow down these choices from even six jam jars down to one singular choice. Mm. And that's where we want to focus now. Um, And this is even more crucial online. So let's imagine we've gone into a, uh, a supermarket and they have the jam display. That's fine. I'm in the supermarket physically looking at this jam display. I have the choice of, you know, buying the jam or not buying the jam. Online, I can. it's like I can teleport to another supermarket immediately. Or I can, uh, you know, I can be in a different store. I can be looking at different things. Like, you don't even have my attention long enough to look at your jam display because I have, in the palm of my hand, access to, you know, every supermarket, every type of jam. I could be looking at jam online. I could be suddenly on Facebook or chatting to my friend. Uh, attention just is not there um so it's going to be even more critical to focus people's decision making if we saw one tenth of the sales um when we went from six jams to 24 imagine the ability like going from six jams seeing them in shop to ten thousand different ways to buy jam online like we're going to have even more ability to go elsewhere to make decisions elsewhere so we need to really, really, really focus down when we are online because otherwise we lose people immediately. Yeah, absolutely. So think of that singular goal. Think about answering that question for yourself. What is the purpose of my website? What is the purpose of what is it, what, what I want to achieve here? What do I want? Is it to collect an email address? Is it to uh, get somebody to purchase something? And then we have to narrow down, cut everything else out and just select one item and it's going to be the most important item and if we're talking about a sales page which is what we're going to be expanding on helping you build this week then the goal is pretty obvious the goal is we want them to make a purchase and that's important so what's a what's a common example we can use which which appears in all of our i sort of mentioned it with a chinese takeaway but which meant which uh, manifests or shows itself in our lives almost every weekend i guess depending on what your what your takeaway culture is yeah i mean i wrote up this example and it's based on my experiences and i'm sure many other people let's imagine there's a customer um sort of potential customer there's a person on their telephone 
they've just heard their families coming to visit. They're trying to book a restaurant. It's 5 p.m. They need to book in the next couple of hours. Um, all they know is the family want to go for pizza. That's it. This is our example. So they're on their phone looking for pizza restaurants in the local area, trying to book something. Um, you, as the pizza, so you, the listener, you own a pizza joint. They have come to your website. Um, they are on your website. They're on your page, and they're trying to book a table. That's what they want to do, book a table. That is their their decision that they need to make. Your site is beautiful. You have lots of lovely images of you and your smart staff, people smiling, people enjoying themselves, kids' birthday parties, the cows, when you get your buffalo mozzarella. Like It's a wonderful site. You spend a lot of money making this website, and you're very proud of it. You've got your latest blog articles talking about your new location. Or maybe there's a free pizza if you bring a friend, etc., etc. Then you've got your menu, your antipasti, your pasta, your uh, chef special pizzas, pizzas, the dolce dolce, etc., etc. You've delivered a lot of information. And then all the way at the bottom, you've got like a oh, book now. That's all this person is looking for. They want to come to the website and find a big book now button that even better has whether you have availability or not. Um, it, you know, they need it to be as simple as possible. But instead, you've put all this information about your business, all of this information is not relevant to them right now because all they want to do is book a table for their family to eat pizza one hour from now. Correct. So, so what happens is if somebody, somebody's goal or the, the decision they want to make is to book a table now, like this is the example that Carl's, and this is so common, right? I think it'll be your Friday night or family's coming over and you've got a half a day or you've got a couple of hours actually just to work out, oh my God, okay, I need to book a table urgently or you're with friends, oh, let's go get some dinner out. Look, we don't want to cook in today. And that magical time when we could go to restaurants. We, What would happen if somebody went onto the website, which Kyle just described there, is they would leave. It's too much information. They, they're not achieving their goal here, which is they want to book a table. So alternatively, they would end up making the booking decision and then later the pizza purchasing decision from a website from which they go onto the website and the first thing they see is a button which says book your table now simple so now we're taking them from a really confusing area where there's lots of pathways sure it looks great and it's a great sales point from that perspective but for the buying decision think of one website as the the jar stand which has got the whole range of jars and on the other hand is the, the jar stand which has got six options and one of the core options when we're simplifying this online is book the table. And why is that important? And why did they make that decision? Because that's all they wanted to do. They just wanted to book the table for a pizza place. And if they're local, they may be familiar with both, but they want to make that decision as easily as possible. So what, what's, the, what's the message here? I mean, the message here is that your website has got in the way of doing business for you. They have scrolled down your page, frantically trying to book this table, got annoyed and left and gone to your competitor's website um, and booked a table there. Your website has got in the way of getting your customer, which is not what it's meant to do. You've made it, sorry, your website has made it much harder than it has to be for the customer or the potential customer to reach the result that they want, which is simply to book a table. Too much going on, too many options, too much information, too many different routes, too many decisions. The result is a failed conversion, a lost customer. Mm, absolutely. And this fundamentally is based on the principle, which we always talk about in the BBO show, which is 
when you create a website or most businesses have the focus on, hey, look at me and look how freaking amazing I am versus cows we use. Look at yeah, that. Look at the that big source tomatoes. It's like, yeah, that, that's fine. I just want to book a table. So we shift the mindset on the perspective on what does our customer want to do? Well, they just want to book a table. So let's just make that as easy as possible for them. And sure, they'll have a great experience when they come here, but to, to let's get them to come here first. That's important. Now, this becomes even more complex for a business and, and makes it even more difficult for you to help your customer make a decision now that the mobile device is introduced and it's been introduced for quite a while, but businesses haven't evolved efficiently enough to help buyers make a decision even easier on mobile. Because if you think about your pizza website and the one that Carl described, imagine trying to present all of those amazing graphics, your latest article, your specials menu, all of your other menus, um, your guest reviews. Maybe you got a hotel and now you're showing them about your hotel, which is above the pizza place. And the fact that your kids can pet the cow. Imagine trying to present all of that data on here and also trying to help your customer find the book button. That becomes difficult. So that what's the big issue with these, Carl? I mean, the big issue with them is they just have a smaller screen. It's very basic. It's, simple, right? it's a very, very basic reason is that if you take a normal website, which is wide, it's a big square, and you squeeze it down like that, all of this information at the side gets squeezed into the middle and it becomes very long. Um, so you might have somebody who's just scrolling, 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 trying to get to that book button. They cannot find it. And it could be made even worse if you're popping up things like, hey, join the newsletter. And it's like, no, I just, I just want to book. I just want to book the place. So on mobile, it's even more uh, likely that somebody's just going to swipe off. That's, yeah. That's and, and if you're thinking, yeah, well, my customers are not going to be on mobile. Well, the latest statistics are 57% plus are using now default mobile devices to navigate online websites and whatnot. In the UK, 57%. UK. So what's the stats globally? Well, it's about 50% globally. Um, the, the more impressive thing, though, is how fast it's changing. So in the UK, we were about 50% last year. Now we're 57%. Ah. So next year will be 65%. Like it's in a year, a couple of years. We're not talking about 10 years from now. We're talking about two or three years from now. It's going to be... 80, 90% mobile. And this is why some of the clever businesses out there are designing for mobile first and then thinking of desktop computer as a secondary consideration because that's the way we're moving. That's the way we already are. Uh, it's mm. majority mobile devices. By that, I mean telephones and uh, tablets. Um, and the minority now is people doing this uh, at a computer. And imagine in the case of like a pizza parlor in particular, this would depend on your business, but for something like a pizza parlor, most people will be searching in the street um, or on their way out or they've already left the house. They're even more likely to be using a mobile device. Mm. And interestingly, Carl, you've lived in China and China represents something which is extreme, which, look, we may we may uh, end up adopting. We just don't know. But at the pace of things that are evolving, we may end up at this extreme or something in between. And so what is China's approach or how does China view websites? So the way China's uh, online business infrastructure has developed is amazing because they started a bit later than the West, but they leapfrogged um, straight onto mobile devices. So 
computers were not such a big thing, but as soon as mobile devices started to become massively uh, available to everybody in China, they leapfrogged ahead of us. So most businesses in China do not have a website. A website is considered very old fashioned and something you don't really need because people don't find information through websites. Um, so we assume it's an assumption we have that, oh yeah, if you're a business, you need a website. But no, you don't. That's just, it's a an artifact of a certain time and place that we now assume you must have. Whereas we look at somewhere like China and it's not really the case. Um, everything is done through an app called uh, WhatsApp. So you'll have a WhatsApp page. So the most similar would be like a Facebook page. You'll have that, but you will not have a website for the most part. Um, mm. and, and I imagine, uh, I haven't experienced it myself, but I imagine if they went onto one of their um, uh, WeChat slash WhatsApp um, pages, if they're especially business orientated or they're selling something, there's just going to be an option to buy. Yeah. Mm. Actually, it's mainly done is text message purchasing. So normally you can just talk to the sales rep um, and it's done through messaging. So there's no calling up or anything like that. Um, it's just a very different way to do it. But the main point here is that we assume things have to be done a certain way. But the most popular country in the world is doing things totally differently. They're not using websites. They're not calling people to make bookings or anything like that. It's all done via uh, via WeChat. It's all done via these these pages and then via chat. Um, mm. and we're seeing more and more um, in the West, in the UK, in the US, things like chat, chatbots. Um, so even this morning, I was talking to customer service for something or another. I did not call them. Um, I used a chat mechanism and we are moving in that direction. Absolutely. And the way we're moving in that direction is we're not going to dive into the chat function no, no, no. At, at, the, at the moment in this week, but maybe something we expand on going forward. But something we are going to be focusing on is the pages element. Mm. How can we get closer to this page, which is not a website, but it's a singular page which helps the customer go down one pathway and make a decision. And that decision is helped by creating a limitation on choices, ideally a singular choice. So we're now narrowing back down into the, the battle as such or the verses between a landing page and a website. So we've, we've spoken about a website, what the purpose of a website is, the disadvantages of a website, but very much the fact that a website is okay if you're going to use it as a calling card or, or that kind of uh, presence online because your customers need to see that to know that you're real business, fine. But when it comes to making a sale, we now need to adapt and shift to a landing page. So Carl, what's, what's the first way to think about this? Because like we've said previously, the majority of people or companies that we work with, they just want a website which displays everything. And yeah. that's that's where they, that's their approach. I wanna I want to tell people about my business online, make sales, but at the same time as making sales, I want them to know everything about me. Sure. Um, so that's very much coming at online business, very much coming at business from a me 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 point of view. You need to know everything about me and how great I am. Most of the time, customers don't need or want to know everything about the business. They will have very specific requirements which do not involve knowing about all your awards, knowing about all your team members, knowing about all of your products. Most of the time, they do not need that. Sometimes it would just be they need to book a table. Sometimes it would just be, I want to book, I'm sorry, I want to buy a product online. I want to buy some 
new Crocs or whatever it is. Sometimes they will just want to review your prices on a simple page. So they're not making a purchase, but they're looking for specific information. The problem is we tend on a website to just throw everything at them. So yes, that information will be there. There will be a page where you can book um, book the pizza restaurant. There will be a place where you can buy products. There will be a place where you can see prices. It's just we tend to navigate people through the homepage where all of these options are on display at the same time. And as a result of that, they make no action, they make no decision, and they leave the website. So it's a traditional everything in the kitchen sink, um, throw everything at the customer and leave it to them to sift through the information, which is it's quite a la- lazy way to make a website. It's given all the work to the visitor and it's up to them to sort through the information that I'm throwing at them. Yeah, and ultimately the visitor just doesn't have time for that anymore, sadly. Um, they, <laughs> they leave. I mean, it's easier for them to leave and go somewhere where the decision is a lot easier to be made because then the whole journey for them is going to be, the assumption is the whole journey for them is going to be a lot simpler. And also, just as a, an additional note, one of the big challenges that business owners have is they feel they think that when somebody arrives to the website, they have no context, they have no understanding of what the hell they're there for. That's shifted. You know, before somebody would have come to your website cold, and actually the information on the site is was critical to help them make the purchase because that information and context didn't exist anywhere else. But remember, we are in the sales part of this process. So if you're thinking, yeah, but if they turn up to the site, how are they going to know what they're purchasing, or how are they going to know anything about me? Remember, this is a sale. This is the sales part of the baton mechanism. So the context is already built here. We know the market. We've got an audience. We've got an audience who likes, knows, and trusts us. Now they're just ready to purchase. So just think of it in that context. Before somebody actually hits our page, just like the pizza company, they already know they want to book a table for pizza. They know their family wants pizza. They maybe know about your restaurant because it's local in town and their friend told them about it. But when they get to your website, they've got an intention. The intention is to book. So the context now and the understanding of your business will be readily available if you follow this model. And I think that's worth noting, Carl, because somebody may be sitting here listening at home thinking, yeah, but how will they know what this is about? Well, actually, all of that hard work is already done. Sure. I think even if they haven't followed the whole baton system, though, a lot of people coming to your website will have the context. They have typed into Google, pizza restaurant, South London. (laughs) they know they're not going to turn up on your site and it's sushi because yes. Google's already done a lot of the filtering for them and it's sent you, it sent them to a restaurant which sells pizza. So they've already got that context um, at that point. Correct. So what we want to do is make it. So, so we're assuming they got context. Mm. Essentially we're solving their problem in advance. Google helps position us yeah. in order to solve their problem in advance. You don't need to prove you're a pizza restaurant once they're there. That's done. That, that's done. That's done in advance because the world is now greater than this than this website that you've had that you have in place. Yeah. So instead, we want to move into the modern version of a website, mm-hmm. and we're going to refer to that this week as a landing page. Yeah. Now, the landing page can have serve different purposes, but essentially, they're they're a web page, a singular web page geared towards a visitor's particular singular need ideally singular but essentially it's it's tailored towards um, 
providing the solution to a visitor's particular need. So that's that's where the focus is going to be this week, right, Carl? Yeah, and I think it's important to make a distinction here between the website and the landing page and how people enter um, this page. We, as business owners, we assume people are coming again to our homepage and then they will navigate their way around. Uh, they'll be able to find what it is they need. The modern route is to use a landing page. So this is where the word comes from. The visitor will land directly on the page they need to be at. So if they're looking for your pricing, they will land on your um, your pricing page. If they're looking on the, how to book a table at your Italian restaurant, they will land on the booking page. That's why we call it a landing page because they've landed there on a specific page with a specific purpose rather than on the home page, and then they're kind of left to go and find the information they need about themselves. Instead, they're bringing their, their point of entry, their landing place is going to be where they need to be. Absolutely. And now, now to narrow this down even further from a landing page, our job here, our role here within this particular offer section of the Baton system is to make your business more money, is to make you sales. The whole purpose of building businesses online is to allow you to build a business online, which makes sales, which makes revenue. There's be a profit part of that revenue, which changes your life. It can be reinvested. You can grow your business further. Whatever it is you want to do, that's the key. That's up to you. But for us, it's, it's to lay out the tools and techniques out there available for you. So what we're going to be doing is narrowing down our focus from a landing page, because there can be lots of different landing pages, to a sales page or a sales landing page. We may refer to it as a sales page for short throughout this week, but essentially it's a version of a landing page, but its role is slightly different. Its role is to give the purchaser or the customer visiting the page two choices, the choice to either buy or do not buy. But the way this is visually presented to them on the page will be one, one choice. And that choice will be a button or however the mechanism is to actually make a purchase. And the second choice, which was do not purchase, means they opt not to click the button. So that's going to be the focus of the sales page. And that's what we would love to help you build throughout this week, which will be in a stark contrast to your website. Now, this page can live a part of your website if you already have one. So that's another common misconception card do i need a new url for this so where will this uh, you know just to paint the picture for them a bit sure so if you already have a website fine absolutely fine we will make this landing page a part of your website it sits within your website it's just a more user-friendly way for a visitor to land on your website and therefore to be funneled into um, to making a uh, making a purchase or not if you do not have a, a website already, that's also fine. We're going to be showing you ways to um, basically set up a landing page that sits by itself. It doesn't need a website above it. Um, both of these things are useful for different things. Websites, as we've talked about, are good for informational, uh, uh, like an informational hub where people can learn everything they want to about your business. It's good for ordering and sorting information and providing lots of information. Landing pages are, okay, either do this action or do not do this action. Um, so it's a very different usage. They work together eventually. What we really want to focus on this week, though, is the landing page, the sales page, because it is the component that is missing for most businesses. They only focus here on the traditional website and they're missing out an incredibly important tool, which is the landing page. Yeah. And to give you an idea of this, if you go to bbo.show, 
and you click on a particular episode. So, so you can watch the, the, the video will be there, the show notes will be there, uh, the transcript or me and Carl having a dialogue and written text will be there as well. Now, on, on this page, we have one action for you to do. And that is to join the Slack group. It's completely free. There's no cost associated with it, but there's one button on the page. You're already there listening to the episode. So that's just, that's what you came there for as a context. But there's a little bit of a bonus that we would like you to do. We're not, it's not a particularly a sales page, but it's an example of a landing page where we just give you one option. And that option is to join the Slack group. So if you were to head to bbo.show, you see it on the homepage, but also on each individual episode landing pages. The pages are very simple and the purpose of the pages to allow you to listen to the show, have the show notes, but actually there's something we would also like you to do as a choice. That's why it's completely free and it's optional, but you have a choice to join the Slack group now, especially whilst it's free. So if you're curious on what one looks like, head to bbo.show, just type that into your search engine and then it will appear and then just yeah go explore that to see what a landing page looks like mm -hmm. we are this week however going to be focusing mainly on sales pages because that's the most useful uh, for a lot of businesses out there it's also the most developed of landing pages it's kind of the hardest to do um so therefore it's the one that allows us to really get into um get into the weeds get you know, really get into detail with all the elements you can have on a landing page. If you can nail the sales page, then different types of landing pages like sign up for my newsletter or contact us. These become a lot easier if you've already worked out how to do a sales page. Mm, absolutely. So that's it for today. Um, and over this week, we are going to be covering with you exactly what Carl said, how to put together your very own sales page, whether you have a website at the moment, whether one exists, whether one doesn't exist, it's irrelevant because we're going to be building an independent sales page. And today we've discussed the common error, we call it that, but the common misconception or the common mistake businesses make, which is they say, oh, we need a website first especially if the goal is I need to make more purchases, the common error certainly is I need a website. That's, that, is a, that is genuinely an error. We need to then refocus that on. We need a sales page to help people make the purchase. So that's, that should be the focus. And we've explained why today in, in very simple uh, format. If you want to have a look at the JAM study, go and explore that further. If you want to have a look at sales pages, just type in best sales pages on Google to start to see how developed this concept is and why it's critical, but yet 99% of businesses still don't take that approach. Um, it's where we help a lot of clients convert websites into refocusing the attention of their customer onto making a purchase. So, that, so we've discussed all that today. Now, throughout the week, we're going to be focusing on helping you build your very own sales page. Tomorrow, I'm looking, I'm referring to the notes here so we can set the expectations for the week. So tomorrow we're going to be looking at elements of the landing page or the sales page. What should go on it? What makes up a great sales page? We'll look at some examples of some good ones and some bad ones so you can start to understand what we need to put into ours. So we've got a great finished product there that converts well when somebody lands on the page. That's important. On Wednesday, we're going to begin creating our own landing page, focusing first on the copy. And the copy is a marketing term or fancy word for the writing. What do we need to write that goes onto the page? How do we uh, 
how do we form it so that it helps the buyer even further make a decision and what basically what we need to fill our page with. Uh, we'll start with the page's hook, we'll expand onto the story, which all again aids in the conversion and the conversion happens when somebody clicks that singular action to purchase, that's important. Thursday, we'll complete our discussion on copy, talking more about the product itself and bringing our visitors closer to being a paying customer. So that's the next phase. We'll talk about that Thursday. And Friday, we'll look at the technicals, you know, how to actually put together a landing page. And we'll discuss the different technical options for people to go ahead and create a landing page, depending on what your technical ability is. So if you've got no idea how to use, like uh, how to create a website, how to create a page, all good, we've got you covered. If you're very competent on how to create a website, but making a sales page was an alien concept to you, that's fine. There'll be ways to do that with that technical ability as well. So that's what we're covering this week. Carl, any final um, any final notes before I sign us off? Yeah, um, a lot of this week will be reprogramming you because um, this idea of a website and how much a business needs a website has been entrenched for, wow, 20 years, I suppose. It's just the, the thing you need if you are going to do any business online. And we get that. We absolutely get that. You may have already spent a small fortune designing a website or redesigning a website. This happens a lot. Uh, and yep, uh, apologies if that is the case. If your uh, objective is to make sales, because it's not necessarily the most efficient way to do that. However, we're going to be showing you how you can bolt on landing pages, how you can bolt sales pages into your existing website structure um, so that you can still um, make conversions, make sales through your website and through your landing pages. If you have not built a website yet, great. We're going to be showing you how to do this from scratch. You'll be coming at this with a kind of a blank mind, um, a blank slate mind, and hopefully we'll be able to get you up and running and converting and making sales much quicker than if you'd gone down the traditional route. Um, so either way, you're going to be fine. Um, we will sort you out. But it will require this reprogramming, as I said, this shaking off this idea that websites are the best way to be online. Websites are the best way to have an online presence and make sales. So it's not really the case anymore. Mm, absolutely. So that's it. That's the key. Reprogram you and your business so that you can shift away from the website to a sales page. If the purpose is, remember the goal and the purpose, to make sales via your website and, that's the, and, and you're going to love it at the end you're going to have a page which is highly converting and you're going to start to see greater sales especially if you have something established already so big thumbs up an exciting week planned and we'll be covering this topic all the way again as always on the bbs show from monday through to friday and before i sign off remember Today, there's just two things to do. Number one is subscribe to the show. Click the notification bell slash icon. Click within your web browser. Tell me when there's a new show being streamed live. We stream live on YouTube at 12 o'clock every day and their Facebook and Twitch thereafter. Mm -hmm. And then also you can check us out on the show notes. You can watch via the, the, uh, our website on bbo.show itself. That's so you've got many different ways to access the show now. The second way to access the show is via audio only. So if you're on the on the go, on the run, you're cooking, whatever you're doing, taking care of the kids or uh, busy and doing other business writing stuff or whatever you do within your company, exercising, listen to the audio in the background. Commuting, that's another place where people love to listen to audio. That's where I typically listen to audio as well. 
when traveling in the car um, to wherever that may be. So we are now on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, and CastBox. I'm trying to remember what the Android version is. We'll be on Google Play soon when they open the door to it. But right now you can listen to us on all podcast listening softwares. So I need to, I need, I'm practicing explaining that and I'll get that into a better nutshell going forward because we've just hit the podcast scene with the BBO show. And then finally, remember we've got a Slack group where if you have a burning question about anything we talk about within the BBO show, that's the best place to grab me and Kyle. We don't hang out in the YouTube comments, Facebook comments, Twitch comments. It just stretches us thin and we may not get your response quick enough. So the Slack group is completely free. Slack will take your email or they will ask for your email. We don't get access to that, but you do get access to us and whatever ways we can answer your questions. And that's it. It felt like seven things to do, but I think that was two or three. So that's myself and Carl signing off. We look forward to sharing how to build a sales page to get greater conversions and more purchases for your business.